0: Behold, I mean, no, like seriously, like lo and behold, my spiritual gift is leadership. But for me, I feel like I just have to be put in a position or be surrounded by people to properly train me on how to be a leader so I won't be burnt out. And that's the thing. I wasn't receiving that from my previous church. We didn't have those things in place. It was just go to pastor. Pastor was the saving grace for everything, like literally. But Pastor wasn't, you know, media savvy. So I can't go to pastor about media things if he don't know much about media. What sense does that make? But now my previous, well, my current church, I'm sorry, my media director, he knows about media, but he's also not necessarily a great leader, but there are people who are surrounding me who I can go to that have those leadership aspects. And that's what it's all about. Like, it's like, once again, if somebody wants to really, really improve in something, encourage them. Don't just tell them, you know, this may not be the ministry for you or no, we ain't got time to listen to you. It's okay. whatever. No. Cause you, you may be turning down like the leader or the change that is needed. Like your youth, take your youth up and nourish them. Don't just throw them to the side. Start taking these youth and young adults on HBCU tours. Start listening to them. Like this is your tomorrow. This is the future church when y'all are all dead and gone who's gonna carry the church on your young adults so start feeding into them if you don't start listening to them or at least like getting some suggestions or something they want to do then how are you going to expect to keep them that's my like that's literally my question how do you expect for your church to keep growing if you're not nurturing your seed or seeds yeah <laughs> and i do believe that you do have some older churches that are you know stuck on tradition like they don't want to hear nothing like it's just like okay listen the pastor was a preacher's kid The, the 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 pastor's uh uh grandfather was a preacher grandmama was a minister all that so you got this long line of tradition and they don't believe in breaking tradition so they just like listen if i go junior gonna step up even if Junior don't want to, even if Junior don't want to be in the pulpit, if Junior don't want to, you know, be a preacher, they gonna, Junior going to preach. I don't care. You might be out there in the world right now. You might be out there doing what you think that you're going to be doing. But no, 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 no. You're going to do what I said do, because as for me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And that's how, you know, the thing goes. That's, you know, that's it goes, you know, along with a lot of people's, um, especially in the Baptist church it goes along with their, with their tradition. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier about doing church. Like you don't, you're not really concerned about, you know, listening to other people or getting opinion, opinions from other people or taking into consideration, you know, how does this affect the members or how does this affect, you know, um, potential members or, you know, the youth in the church? Like it's just, this is how my my daddy did it. This is how his daddy did it. This is how my mom and them did it. Like, this is going to keep the tradition going. Like, uh they already know. Like, you know, you have a lot of churches that they're a real stickler for time. And not even because they have multiple services. It's because church started at 8 o'clock on the dot. 8 o'clock a.m. on the dot every Sunday morning. We did church right we did church from 8 to 12 i don't want to be in church already. at 12 o'clock 12 to 10 <laughs> at the latest you was you was either in because i at my church when i was a little girl we actually had sunday school after church instead of before church so i don't know if a lot of churches you know do it like that but it's like you either had you know sunday school right before church service or you had it right after and you know you have a lot of people that are a stickler for time they don't do Believe in deferring from the script. you got a time slot, a time queue for everything. So you kind of know. And does it affect the members of the church? Does it affect the, the youth and the newcomers, the, the visiting members? Yes, it does. Because if you're not willing to be open-minded and willing to see how things are, you know, affecting the people around you or, affect, or how they are affecting mm-hmm. the flock, or how they may be diminishing your church body, then you should take a step back and be like, okay, listen, like the whole purpose of church is so that we can win souls for Christ, so that we can bring people close to the kingdom, not to send them away. You don't want them going in the opposite direction. Right. So let's talk about that. The pastors who want to do everything themselves, they feel like they don't need a team of people to help make decisions and pastors who also like to put their hands in every aspect of the church when their hands don't need to be there what is the point of you hiring a minister of music if you're not going to let the minister of music do like do his job what's the point of hiring an organist if you're not going to let the organist do his job what's the point of hiring a media director if you're not going to let him do media Like, I understand, okay, yeah, you have to see the vision. The vision has to be cohesive. This is very true. But you hired these people for a reason and you stepping on their toes, trying to put your fingers in every single thing that they're doing, that's defeating the purpose. You hired this person to take care of this stuff so you won't have to worry about it. And you hired them because you have faith that they can get the job done. So my whole thing is, it's just some pastors really just, You are the reason why people sometimes feel like they can't do their jobs. And it really, it it should not be like that. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be like that at all. And I feel like every pastor should definitely have a team. Like you should have somebody appointed for everything. You shouldn't have to have your hands and stuff. That's why all these pastors around here are, God forbid, you know, killing themselves, suicide. You got too much stuff going on. You got too much stuff happening in your mind. You're trying to take on so many things all at once but you're not letting anybody have a, like an upper hand in anything and it's hurting the church. But of course you won't see that because you're trying to be super saver a, a church and it's not going to happen that way. And sometimes with people being afraid to break tradition and all this other type of stuff, sometimes like literally you can't, and I remember somebody told me this, no matter who's currently in the church, no matter who those people are. If 90% of your congregation is youth and young adult, best believe 90% of your stuff needs to cater to youth and young adults. If 90% of your church is youth and young adults, cater to them. You still can't be stuck in your old time traditions trying to expect for youth and young adults to still be engaged in your services. That's why you hire people or consultants or have a team that's made up of different generations in your church. So every generation can have a voice. And that's what I feel like a lot of churches are missing. You're missing out on generations. You're skipping over people. And that's why you're missing people. Because you're not listening. And a lot of people get caught up on that. Well, we got to worry about the elders. Well, the mothers don't like this. Well, mother, um, God, please don't strike me down. But someday you're going to be gone. Someday, God is going to call you home, the chariot is going to swing low, and you're going to kick the bucket. So, until that time comes, yes, we're going to make sure that we're catering to you, but we also have to split time between that. And that's my thing. Churches don't know how to properly split their time between, you know, the people who are attending their church. And you really have to watch out for that, because if you're really trying to get youth and young adult people to stay engaged in your church, once again, you have to cater to them. And In order to do that, you have to have different minds working together to try to bring stuff about to get this cohesiveness together in the church. And people are so afraid to break off from that tradition. Children do not pay attention in church. What they got? iPads iphones mama what phones you got like what 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 games you got on your phone like that type of stuff children's church nine times out of ten they coloring like it's just it's literally stuff to just keep them engaged now granted some children churches they do be learning but it's literally stuff to keep them engaged and that's like that's it people don't want to stay in church all day i don't want to stay in church till two o'clock i've been here since 10 i want to go to brunch and typically that tends to happen in smaller churches where you have a pastor that is probably, you know, just now starting up their church and they they have a hard time relinquishing responsibilities because they may, it may seem to them like people are not um, ready to accept those, those positions or those roles. Um, but now in like what I like to call the non-denominational churches or, you know, the like the, the Michael Todd churches, uh, you know, those type of churches, like you have, you know, there is no issue with the pastor relinquishing responsibilities or, or having different ministries and auxiliaries and having people in those positions, you know, to lead those different ministries and stuff. But what if, it, either those situations usually happen in like older churches where the pastor is older and um, they don't want, like you said, they don't want to break tradition Or you have those smaller churches where it's like it's just now starting up and the pastor is like, I don't really want to relinquish this responsibility because I don't want them to tarnish the the brand or the image of the church, you know. So but I do feel like people do need to take, you know, take that into consideration. Like if you have a large body um, of youth, like a lot of your members are, you know, between a certain age, like you do have to have things to keep them coming because if they're, you know, engaged and you know like coming to church and want to come to church then nine times out of ten they're going to bring other people with them and it's not all about just about the amount of bodies that you have sitting in those seats or sitting in the pews in the church it's about how many souls are you are you winning for christ and how many um like how much of an impact that you're making on these lives like whose life are you changing you know how many people actually dedicated or rededicated their life to Christ? How many people, you know, was on the prayer call and actually got something out of it? How many people showed up with a, a friend or a family member and brought somebody with them to church to hear the message? It's not a, it's, it's you know, older churches is not about that. It's, it's pretty much about the numbers because so they're trying to keep the doors of the church open because church is a business. Like church is not, how it used to be like you go to church you fellowship like the churches within the community like you lived worked um went to church uh went to school with the people that you went it's not like that anymore like you get people from all walks of life coming to you know driving near and far to go to one particular church or several different churches because church is a business like you have some churches like that are open seven days a week because they have daycare centers or they have um, community centers and stuff like that. So they run it, not like a church, but they run it like a business. And that's okay. So a lot of people have some issues with that too, about the church being run as a business, but at the same time, a lot of these churches are 501 C three like organizations, like nonprofits. So Mm -hmm. you have to have certain things in place in order for you to be able to receive this funding and stuff like that. Like if you want to have daycare centers, you can get like donations to keep your donate like to keep your um i'm sorry your daycare center open like if you're trying to do like these food pantries and stuff for the community and another thing community outreach for churches to me i feel like it's i'm not gonna say it's not enough but some churches are really like low-key not about community service at all period you'll be in a community for 50 years and you have yet to actually walk the streets of that community And actually see what the needs of the people are. Like, literally. Nothing. Like, you have no interaction with those people. They pass the church every day. They may want to come into the church. But why would they come into a place that has never reached out to them? So, a lot of the churches, like, that's where, like, they fall short at. You're not really doing community outreach. But your pastor coming in here with $100,000 cars And What? Or you have the churches that, because I have attended churches where, you know, they don't really do community outreach, but they always asking for people to put money Hello, in the collection fund. You, you, you have some churches that will pass the collection plate. You have multiple offerings and you pass that collection plate multiple uh-huh. times. Like I do feel like you need to pass the collection plate one time. There should be a set time in the service (laughs) where you pass the collection plate one time. Get you the multiple checkbox envelopes and you put all your money in there. You check each and you write down where the funds are going to be allocated or what it's supposed to be allocated to. You put the envelope or the envelope in the the collection plate and you pass it and that is that. You have your people in the back counting the money (laughs) And you don't talk about this again until the next service. I don't I don't believe in churches having multiple um multiple offerings at multiple at any given time of the church service. No, that that's crazy to me because in my mind I'm thinking, okay, you you just want my money. Like you're not here to to you're not here to help me get right with the Lord. You you are here to take Listen. my money. And I want to know where this money is going. Now, listen, so the only three that I really think should exist is the tithes, offerings, and love offering. Love offering is specifically for normally like pastor wife anniversary. But I've seen churches where they do love offerings where they actually dedicate it to like the hospitality. So people like seeking shut-ins, people who need like that money. They will designate it for that. That's Mm -hmm. what the love offering is for. Then you have your regular offering. Offering is above and beyond your tithes. Now, tithes and offering. Honestly, for me, I haven't really gotten down the gist of like the actual meaning and why it is so important. Other than you need to give 10% back to God. And we all know that that 10%, of course, it goes to the bills of the church got to keep the church open you got to keep the pastor paid if the pastor's doing this full-time mm-hmm. this is full-time gig he has to have a salary as well as his other employees or whatever so i get that aspect but then if i'm giving my tithes and my offering and we are still in this shotgun church where's the building fund when are we going to break ground on the on, on the field day? Listen, <laughs> listen 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 okay I don't okay I, I don't i do not <laughs> want to go there but since we already there, I'm gonna put my toe in the dough. So, um, here's my thing. <laughs> um, don't don't lie to the people. Like you can tell the people one thing, but eventually, if they're smart enough, then they're gonna realize. Like, okay, been um ten years, and we still we still in this, this 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 little building here, and you know all of this money then went into the church. But we still in this small bit, where is the funding going? But I'm also aware of how much, you know, funding or how much, you know, tithes and offer has gone into the church since I've been here or since before, since, you know, before I've come to this church and nothing has changed. So that means that you're lying to me. So how am I supposed to be able to sit under your leadership and entrust you with, with, my, with my soul you know, and you I feel like you lied to me. That's not going to work. So at that point, I have to make an executive decision. I have to consult with the Lord because the Lord might tell me, no, nope, you need to stay there because it's some things that I'm going to work out or it's some things that I'm want i going to use you to change in this church or whatever. But if the Lord tell me to move, I I'm going to move. And I feel like there are definitely certain signs that will definitely let you know that it's time for you to pick up your membership And move on to another church. So in those signs, let's revert back, can definitely be tied to church hurt as well. I was once told that church hurt only becomes church hurt when you allow it to. And that was a mighty word to me. Because there has been a lot of times where I would get get church hurt about a lot of things. But it was definitely because I allowed those things to hurt me. So when you have that chance to get away from it, when you have that chance to remove yourself, you should definitely do that. Instead of thinking, well, no, I know these people. They my friends. We grew up together in a church. I'm gonna be all right. No, because everybody has their own hidden agenda. And if you know for sure in your heart that you really shouldn't be trusting this person after they done did the same stuff over and over and over again, then it's time for you to really move on and move forward. Because if you church hurt, then how are you going to sit in church and actually get what's for you because you're thinking about what she did to you Tuesday night at rehearsal? So it's like stuff like that, like church hurt. So how do you feel about church hurt and have you ever experienced church hurt? Okay, so my thing is hurt is hurt. (laughs) Like I get the whole concept of church hurt, but but hurt is hurt and respect is respect. If you feel hurt, in any relationship regardless if it's in church or outside of church you know or you feel disrespected in any regard I feel that you should address it first and foremost like I'm not saying go up and then make a big scene in the church but if somebody has offended you like you know pull them to the side and say listen um I'm not I don't really care for the way that you handled this situation or the way that you handled me in this situation like can we find some resolve to this You know, and, you know, if both parties are willing to sit down and, you know, hash it out or come to some type of resolve or, you know, come to some type of solution, then that's great. Then, yes, I feel like you can sit there and or if you're not being led by the Spirit of God to go to another church, then, you know, I feel like, yes, you should stay there, stick it out. If you feel like, you know, everything else outside of that one particular incident or those incidents are, you know, is good and is keeping you there, then yes by all means work it out and don't just be like oh well i'm church hurt i'm never going back to church again no no no, no. you know some people believe in uh giving a, a letter of re- resignation to a church i just feel like you just leave but i mean that's just me um <laughs> I, I never really knew that you had to give a, a, a letter of resignation but uh apparently yes if you are a member you're supposed to give a letter of resignation to the church i just leave but <laughs> so but no, but literally with the Baptist church, you're really supposed to, I don't know if it's just the Baptist church, but you're really supposed to, if you have that relationship with your pastor, at least like sit down with him and allow him to release you. So he'll know that you left. And it, it really depends on a situation. Now, if you and your pastor have that type of respect, you just sit down and let him know like, hey. This is what's happening. I'm deciding to move my membership to a different church. Just so, you know, if that pastor has literally never done anything to you, y'all relationship is definitely cool. And y'all have that type of understanding. It's kind of like, I don't want to up and leave and not just tell him nothing. And then he oh, have to find child, out for somebody I'm else. Out of line. And that makes me Oh, it, Lord, I'm out of line. I got a, couple of, a couple of letters. I need to go write, Jesus. Lord. So this I'm is just, it, it was just me, like, Or for me, of course, for my situation, I left the church through the grapevine. He heard that I was at a different church or whatever. And of course he felt some type of way about it because I didn't tell him. But my whole thing is, is I haven't even made the decision yet to leave the church. But the fact that people are running their mouths and it got back to you that I was at the church, it made you feel hurt because I didn't sit down and talk to you about it first. But best believe, that after that did happen, I sat down with him and I told him, hey, this is where I'm at now. This is where I'm at, like literally, this is my membership. Just so he won't be like, well, are you just out there? Like, are you not attached to a church home? Because he at least wants to care about me that much to know, okay, well, if you leave in one church, do you have another church that you're going to that can at least, be, like take care of you or you be under watch mm-hmm. care. So, and I appreciate that because a lot of pastors wouldn't do that. A lot of pastors don't even speak to their members. A lot of pastors don't even shake hands. A lot of pastors, you know, it's like a lot of things that pastors don't do to make themselves personable. And I felt like that was one thing that he definitely did to make himself personable is the fact that he wants to actually know, okay, once you leave here, what's next for you? What you got in line? You know, and even if you say, well, I don't necessarily have anything lined up. You know, I just kind of want to Find out what fits for me. He'll at least let you know, well, hey, this is what I have for you. You're in my prayers. You need like any type of recommendations. I could definitely use some recommendations for churches to go to if you do not want to stay here. And that's what's up because a lot of pastors would definitely shun you if you leave the church and go to another church of a friend of theirs. It's really petty. But for a pastor to at least want to care about you enough to say, hey, I have some recommendations of people who I know you're you're prosper under. Here you go. For people to do that, that shows a lot. So yes, in some forms, you do kind of have to be released from a church just so that they'll know that this is where you're going next if you have that relationship with that church. So I can definitely say for church, drama is definitely the number one thing in the church. I don't care what nobody says. Whatever church you go to, child, there is some type of underlying drama that is happening. My thing is, is for the people who are involved in that mess or get pulled in it, that can definitely be a factor for somebody wanting to leave the church because you're tired of that drama. You don't want to be listening to somebody or a pastor, rather, who's in drama like 24-7 all the time and nine times out of 10 people definitely I feel like when it comes to rumors pastors are the first people who are prone to rumors when it comes to stuff like that and I don't see how people have the time to literally make up rumors just to keep themselves relevant or to just sit and spread the rumors saying that they heard it from somebody else but no child you are the one that started the rumor so you just want to see how far you can go to destroy a church with that one rumor And I hate that. Or if... I mean, and the thing is, it's like, like you say, if you don't involve yourself in it, like, or if you just kind of turn a blind... Because I mean, okay, with rumors, like, a lot of times, or sometimes, maybe, you know, there can be truth in the rumor, or truth in the, 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 the story that's going around, right? But as an individual you have to make the executive decision like if it comes out that this is true or you know that this is of actual factual (laughs) then you have to make an executive decision as an individual is like okay am i going to stay up under this leadership or under this this pastor or under this person um knowing that what they are not that what they are doing is not of God or am I going to go to God for them? You know, you can have that, that personal conversation with God and, and say, listen, God, or you know, ask them like, what am I supposed to do? I need wisdom. I need clarity. So I don't keep experiencing the church hurt or I don't, you know, uh keep falling into these churches or going to these churches where the the leaders of the church keep messing up because if i i don't want to keep messing up because if they if the the ministers or the leaders keep messing up then that might give me a pass or put in the back of my mind like well they did it and they the pastor so i'm gonna do too and then what now you got two lost souls or or more lost souls that's you know not that's moving backwards basically you're not moving forward you're moving backwards so, this brings me to my last point before we close. Basically, you saying pastors are human. Pastors are definitely human. Pastors definitely make mistakes. That is 100% correct. But pastors need to start being held accountable for some of the bull that they be doing. In these churches, like some of the stuff that they do that people just automatically say, well, he's a he's a man of God. Forgive him. He's it's all right. You know, just pray for him, cover him in prayer. He's sick in the mind right now. No, sir. And it's like. People are not being held accountable. And that's where you get the whole, well, we just gonna let it slide because he's the pastor type situation. Oh, but let it be somebody else in the church. Let it be a woman in the church. She's a hoe. She's a Jezebel. Let's stone her to death. Let's embarrass her. Let's give her the look of shame. All that other type of stuff. Like the double standard in the church is amazing to me. Like women, like women just... Like, we can't do nothing without being under the radar. But men and pastors get away with murder, literally. Like, some cases go as far as sexual assault, rape, all type of stuff. But we don't talk about that because pastors are so pure and clean. They're never persecuted. Well, not persecuted in public, but they may be going through hell and well, home. I would say this. I do believe that you should, you know, cover your leaders in prayer just like they would do for you. Um, but I also do believe that you should hold them accountable. I'm not saying like don't hold them accountable or sweep, sweep the situation under the rug. No, definitely bring it to their attention and let them know like, OK, listen, <laughs> listen, Jack, this is not OK. <laughs> this is not OK, because at this point you're you you playing with the souls. Of, you're not just playing with your soul. You play with my soul. Like I sit up under you. I listen to you. I am a, a minister or a leader in this you know, ministry in the church. So, you know, it kind of makes it all look bad. It makes people think that Christians are, you know, not who they say that they are. So definitely hold your pastor or your your leader accountable for sure, but you still have to pray for them. Just like you want somebody to pray for you in your shortcomings, you still have to extend that same amount of grace. Now, everybody might not be there, Everybody not, might not be there spiritually because I can't say like, oh, yeah, no, Like I'm just going to fall on my face and forgive you and pray for you. And we're just going to pretend like this never happened. No, 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 no. I'm not, not that girl. I, I'm not all the way there. Like, I'm not going to say like, um, well, oh, I'm just going to forgive. No, I sometimes I do struggle with extending grace. Um, I do have sometimes God does have to deal with me about that, about extending grace and, um, you know, letting people know like, hey, you hurt me or you know, this was not okay. Um, but I still forgive you. I'm going to hold you accountable for what you did because I don't want this to happen again. But at the same time, like you know, I'm not just going to hold this against you for the rest of your life. So we're saying all of this basically to say whew, Church definitely has its up and downs, okay? Regardless, everybody, we're all human. We still make those mistakes. But the church should be a place where you can get away from the ways of the world, in my opinion. That should be your safe space. You should be able to come to church, let all that go, and leave different, literally. You shouldn't leave church the same way that you came. That's the universal motto, of everybody's church. You shouldn't be leaving the same way that you came. Whatever you had holding you down before you entered into those doors should definitely be released by the time you leave the church. If that happens, that means that the church has done their job. From the person you meet at the front door, the greeters, whatever, to the sermon, to the benediction, to the prayer, after that, Hopefully, God's willing, you lead the church better than you came. That's the ultimate goal. The awesome goal of every church is definitely to seek and save those who are lost. The reason why I felt that it was super important to this episode is because there's a lot of us out here who have these stories about why we left the church and people are still yet wanting to listen and take heed that these are things that are literally going through people's minds when they're visiting churches. Your church has a brand. Your church is a brand. What you put out is what people are going to see. That's why it's so important with first impressions. First impressions are everything. It only takes one time for somebody to say, I'm not coming back to that church because of what I saw or because of what I heard, or maybe If somebody wants to dispel something about that church, they'll do their own research and they'll see for themselves. And it might turn out that that may be the church for them, but it's really all about finding your fit people. Like literally church is just like finding a good therapist. You're going to go see more than one. Church is definitely a spiritual investment for you wherever you invest your time at whatever church that determines how your spiritual life is going to be led. That determines what fulfills you and that determines how you continue to grow your relationship with God through people who are going down the same road with you. It's all about connection too. Church is about connection. Church is also the people. It's not the building. So it's just, it's about the relationships that you are building with these people every single week. And church should be so amazing to where you can't wait to get to church on Sundays or you can't wait to watch the sermon online. Like things like that. Keep your people involved. And reach out to them authentically. That's the thing. Be authentic. Don't try to put on these fronts in front of these people because I can definitely tell you a visitor who's a millennial can definitely call you out on some stuff and let you know when you are trying exactly too hard to do something. We can call it out, period. Oh, no, you're trying too hard. That's not for me. Like, no. And one, we don't want to listen to people who don't look like us. Like, sir, I never seen you dress down a day in your life. I never seen you talk about other issues that relate to me that would make me want to be here. I don't need that. Transparency. But there's a lot of things that goes into finding that church for you. And like you said, there's no such thing as a perfect church, but there's definitely a such thing as finding a church that fits you. So it may not be perfect, It may not be top tier, but best believe anytime you go to church, you're definitely going to leave with a better perspective. You're going to leave fulfilled and ready to take on the week because that's what church is really about. Getting you prepared to take on the week. Literally. So that's it for our conversation, child. Like, I felt like that was that was amazing. (laughs) Yes, it was, it was, and I hope that, you know, a lot of people, whoever listens to this episode, I hope that they take away something from it, not just, oh, I'm sick of this church, so I'm going to stop going to church, or I'm going to leave God's presence, but no, do the work, you know, find you a church home that fits you, find what works for you, and if you are a leader in the church, or if you are looking to start up your own church, don't, you know, try to force people to want to stay at your church, or, uh, try so hard like you said you know be authentic be transparent let people know that you know we all fall short of his glory but that's why we wake up every day God gives us new graces and new mercies each and every day so you know if you are somebody you know that is a part of bedside baptist and you are doing your best to make it in to the kingdom then you are doing your best get into your word Um, if you have to go and find you a virtual church home or, you know, a minister that speaks to you that may not be in your city, um, but you live stream their, their services, then that's okay. Don't be so hard on yourself and put so much pressure on yourself and make it seem like you have to find a a local church home because in fact, you may not find a local church home that ministers to you. You may be, you may just, you know, be one of those people that, you know, you are a visiting member from the television screen and that is okay. I'm not saying that you shouldn't link up with a local church home because, you know, even though you are not an active member there, they may have some things that, you know, you can be used by God in those different situations. Like if they are doing, um, you know, like a, some type of community outreach or something and you know that that's your thing, but you don't particularly like how they run their, that particular church, but you do want to volunteer your time in that local church then go for it god is you know he's not looking for us to be perfect you know he's just looking for us to spend time with him and to be good people be good human and let me also say that just because someone is not involved in the church doesn't mean that they don't know their word at all so exactly. just be mindful that a lot of people who are currently not in church mm, they can definitely be just as saved as you okay They're just not surrounded by the drama that happens a lot of the time. It's not, it's not performative. Okay. It's, it's authentic. So that's, that's that closing remark for that. But on that note, thank you all so much for joining this week's episode of the Unconventional Christian Podcast. It was an amazing conversation. Special thanks to my girl and my best friend, Symphony, for stopping by this week to share her input on the topic. We definitely hope that this was something that everyone out there can relate to if it was relatable for you. All right. So be sure to follow the Unconventional Christian Podcast on Instagram at Unconventional Christian Pod and also like us on Facebook, okay, at the Unconventional Christian Podcast. All right. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, I would greatly appreciate it if you all left a review, okay? And be sure to tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode, all right? So for the people who want to keep in contact with my girl, Symphony, her handle will definitely be listed in the um, info box for the episode. But she can also tell you again where her handles are and how you can find her throughout her different business ventures. Go ahead, Symphony. Tell the people. Yes. So you can follow me on Instagram at Symphony. That's S-Y-M-P-H-O-N-Y underscore speaks. S-P-E-A-K-S. Um, that is Instagram and Twitter. Also follow my business page, Urban Culture Apparel, Urban Culture Apparel underscore on Instagram. Y'all can find me on Facebook as well. Follow my business page on Facebook at Urban Culture Apparel amazing when well, you all heard it be sure to support my girl small business saturday is definitely your thing so definitely support her by your shirts okay and be sure to shout her out when you buy her shirts okay so thank you all so much for joining me this week on the uncle Visual christian podcast i love you all very much until next time this is finicia later